and welcome to St. Louis City Press, an international friendly. Here today we have our man from Hanoi, Chris. Hey, everybody. And our boy, Drew. What ho? I'll be your host, Pat, today. Uh, there's just three of us here to recap that, I don't know, what kind of words would we use to describe that ridiculously hot soccer game from a couple days ago? Chaos. It's my word. I would say that. But Chris said that. He beat you to it, huh? I would say I was euphoric, but I was also intoxicated. Intoxicating. Yes. Another good word. Yeah. Uh, also probably massively dehydrated. <laughs> I like that true. one less. Of the three, that's my least favorite of the words we've chosen. All right, we'll throw it out. What, uh, what highlights should we be taking from this game? Well, obviously watching Nico uh, jump back up from uh, the ground for that, was it the second goal? Uh, that, that work ethic and that sort of drive from him is something that I know he's capable of and he's popped up and done it a couple times this season. But really for me, that was the best moment of the game because it took a divisive player and, and there's nothing even vaguely capable of criticism about that moment when he popped up after missing maybe an easier shot uh, and pure will uh, drove him to be faster, better and stronger than the defenders. And he slotted it home on the rebound. He gets up when he wants. I just wish he did it more often, I guess. <laughs> Drew, major, major highlight, take home point for you. I thought we scored six beautiful goals. Each one of them a work of art. Uh, I'd say hang it in the Louvre, but we say that about a lot of goals and the museum doesn't have enough space to just be exhibiting pictures of goals. <laughs> um, we were uh, just so thrilling to watch. I don't know how, how you guys feel about this. I think a 6-3 is better than a 3-0. I really enjoyed the Miami game, but this game really really uh, did it for me. I loved it. I was so happy. The top three games for me, Kansas City, Cincinnati, and this one. Drew likes a blowout. A nice high-scoring game. Definitely an exciting thing to watch. Would either of you say that we were dominant? Did it feel dominant? I thought it felt dominant. It probably wasn't as dominant from a statistical standpoint as it felt. I know we've talked about the XG from the situations and how statistically shouldn't have played out the way it did. As expected. It didn't play out as you might have expected it based on the stats. Yeah, for sure. And that's why I asked that question. What do you think, Drew? Oh, well, I do love a blowout. I also love our plus 19 goal difference. LAFC has plus 13 and then Vancouver has five. So... We score a lot more goals than all these other teams. We've got 49 goals. LAFC has 38. That's the next highest. Our offense is thrilling. Our, you know, the stats, I think, are always skewed because of what the situation is in the game. You know, we played our usual 43% possession, 77% pass accuracy. Those might even be a little higher than usual. But the important thing is we were up 2-0 at halftime. They hadn't done anything in the game. Then we went up 3-0. 
Um, again, this goes back to I felt like DiCaprio and Titanic at 3-0, and so the penalty we gave up and subsequent chances didn't really diminish my excitement, especially because Berkey just kept <laughs> making fantastic saves in the second half. You really got to specify what point of the movie you're talking about for for that reference. Oh, I'm sorry. Does he say he's the king of the world? See, that's why I didn't want to quote it. Yes, he says. Is that his line? Okay, I haven't seen it since. I haven't seen it since my parents forced me to go to the movie theater in whatever year that was, and it didn't make any sense why I had to go see the Titanic. But it was a thing that summer. Just clarifying that you weren't referencing the hypothermia. Yeah, the end of the movie when he no, I was slipping <laughs> into the icy ocean water. What, whatever, whatever the furthest on the opposite end of the spectrum is from dying of hypothermia is what was happening to me in that <laughs> in every way. Yes, but you looked like you'd just fallen into the ocean. Yes, uh, Drew. I know two people who would disagree with you that a six three is better than a three zero. Uh, Roman Berkey and Tim Parker. I said that because I figured there would be disagreement. I didn't know there would be disagreement from my two greatest heroes. And where do where do we lay some or all or any of that blame for those those concessions? We don't want to see three goals conceded on the game plan. I feel like do you, Chris? Sound, it sounds like you prefer a three nil to a six three. A uh, six nil would be preferable to either. I think you know. I love a clean sure. shirt as a, a person who's played a lot of center back in my uh, amateur career of late especially i you love to see goals going in at the other end but when everyone goes in on your end it's it's you lose something and obviously the three points are what's most important but you can't concede three goals in games when you're not blowing out the team with six on the other end we conceded three goals and i never felt like we and we have and berkey made a bunch of saves and i never felt any pressure because whatsoever because there was so after having rewatched it on on Apple and I listened to an Austin FC podcast and I don't mind shouting out the Moon Tower podcast because it's actually pretty good uh, and sounded like the hosts were pretty reasonable fellas that there was a the only moment that they really felt that they could come back uh, was between their penalty the juicy penalty that's Sebastian Drusy. In, at 61 minutes, and the play him again, Sam Adenarin, outside of the left boot to Ooh. right postage stamp corner, uh, wonder goal. And, you know, maybe that 11-minute stretch was tough, but I was just rolling. I was so thrilled that it didn't really affect me too much. And then when Sam did that, man, I said euphoric before, but I guess that's the word that's coming to mind. Am I correct in remembering that one goal of the match day? It did. And it was well-deserved. Although there were some nice, there was a couple other nice goals, but man, that thing was just so fast and precise and pretty. So pretty. It did kill any momentum they had gained, I suppose. I think it helped that they never were one goal down. Mm. You know, we always had that two-goal cushion and we're able to get it back up to three anytime they scored. And I I honestly, I, I don't know, call it a cop-out, but it was so hot. I really <laughs> have a hard time faulting any of our defense for what happened. It 
especially a Canadian, for goodness sake. He's not built for this weather. <laughs> there were a lot of glistening people in that stadium, <laughs> myself included. Glistening is gentle and elegant. This was neither of those. You know, in solidarity, I, I watched the game in my closed door room with the air conditioner off in Hanoi. So, In solidarity? Yes. That would probably do it. I, you might win. We need to sign more Vietnamese players. Was it you and I who were talking? We were. Some of us were talking about what was hotter, Chris's wedding in Hanoi in July, or this game. I still think the edge goes to Chris's wedding, but this game is like number two of most memorable hot moments in my life. <laughs> it was the probably the formal attire that pushed it over the edge for Hanoi. Well, overall, I think it was a wonderful, exciting game to watch. Berkey, you could easily make an argument he was the secret man of the match for all those saves he made in the second half that kept it the way it was. No secrets for me. I think he's definitely who I would give that award to. On, on I rewatched the second half, and and that you know that was where he really would shown and kept us in the game on a bunch of really high quality shots that. Any other keeper might be letting dribble it. I loved, yeah, I loved his performance. I love him. I was pleased on the Apple that they called out in your head, Roman Berkey to the tune of the cranberry zombie as uh, there were, they, I don't know. They gave it some props for being one of the finest fan songs, which means a lot of the MLS where there's a lot of samey stuff, uh, but I, it's hard to give, Man of the match to a goalie in a six to three game. It's true. Eddie Lyons for me had three outrageous assists. You know, we kind of we skipped it, but that free kick to Tim Parker, the neck, had some swerve on it, and and Tim just powered it through. That was delightful. Then his through ball again, hitting triangle on the PlayStation controller to get it down to Nico. Uh, was wonderful. And then setting up the oh strike in the 88th minute. I And then he had also some fine defensive plays where he looked very calm and, and effortless and cool and just taking the ball away from the other team and passing it forward. He had... Uh, Making tackles in our own box a couple times. Ago. Yeah, he's my guy. But you know what? I, I don't mind talking about Roman Berkey till the cows come home. Thanks. Unfortunately, I have to go, gentlemen. Uh, I have to go to work. But my score prediction, if we're making one, uh, I'm going to go with a solid 3-1 victory. Are we making a score prediction or are we doing that later? We're making score predictions for our game upcoming game against Orlando City. I hadn't even correctly recalled who we were playing. So 3-1 is whoever it is. I don't care. It stands. I'll see you later. Thank you. Always fun. All right. Love you, buddy. Have a good day. Well, Drew, uh, any any thoughts on this upcoming game against Orlando City? No, <laughs> I got nothing. I did watch them in the League's Cup. Um, before we move on to that, correction and omission from that game, before we move on, I, you know, in the preview pods, I, I sort of try. I'm not going to say I try really hard, but I sort of try, and I blew it. When I looked at the player availability report from the MLS, and it seemed like the Austin had all these injuries, you know, the it, those guys just came on. 
They came on the field. Uh, Alex Ring and his groin were there and played okay. And then Rigoni and his whatever ligament in his knee it was came on and scored at the 91st minute. So my prediction of him not featuring at all and then him actually coming out and scoring, uh, yeah, I, it looks pretty silly. Yeah, you basically gave us a list of their substitutes. I did. I did. And those guys, by the way, the other thing besides player availability report I have in front of me is MLS player salaries. Those guys make as much as, as Berkey and Livin that they brought off the bench. Who I thought were injured. It seemed like a, a valid point and it and it was not. I got something on stadium experience unless we're unless you got something. Sure. Let's talk about the stadium experience. Uh so the stadium the the stadium experience as we've said before was quite hot. Uh we got into a I guess it was will you t- will you you tell me Patrick was it a season ticket holder event pregame? I'm going to assume that that was that was in fact what the the situation was. I had uh, received a phone call earlier in the week saying that uh, if I was going to be at the game that I was invited to a special pregame, we'll call it a happy hour open bar at the Hellcat Bar in the northeast corner of the stadium, and uh, we we made it in little little bit after the start, and uh, it was a fascinating experience. It was incredibly hot, incredibly crowded, and I would say, you know, as most things are, overpopulated and understaffed. It was, well, it was so hot and crowded, and the line was moving so slowly because presumably everyone in their right mind called off of work and didn't come to serve at an open bar outside at the stadium. That we were standing in line, and I had to keep trying to come up with things to distract myself because I felt my mind melting. It felt like I was going insane in that line. It was crazy. Somehow we ended up in one of two lines that was run by a single person who was actually a delightful man. Yeah, he was a great guy. He was great, and he had just gotten off of carrying beer through Bush Stadium. He's a he's a beer man at Bush Stadium, which I would just want to die after working that. I can't imagine going and doing what he then did. That man is is a true hero wow. for providing beer to the masses. Pat, and I felt pretty good about myself when I attended a Cardinals game and a St. Louis City game on the same day as a fan. I did. I was not working at either event. Unlike our host emeritus Phil, you are willing to take a phone call from an unknown number, Patrick. Well, uh, there was a voicemail. I missed the call. I was I okay. know, pr- presumably working. That makes more sense. But I did reply to the call, which Phil would not have done. Not <laughs> not for free beer. I love you, Phil. Yeah, I have. It's the only time where I considered leaving a a line to get free beer. I agree. It's not in my nature, (laughs) (laughs) which just goes to show how uh, abnormal the situation was. Yeah. But I mean, you know, we, thankfully we were treated to so much entertainment and should also give a shout out to Phil's uh, sister and brother-in-law, Lee and Chang. And they, they had their kids there, 
man, it was so fun celebrating six goals with all of those people. We had such a great time. Great time. The kids were real troopers. Uh, any any other stadium experiences you would like to comment on? Oh, no, just that I ended up, because I had so much water and a little too much alcohol, I have a lot of St. Louis City aluminum cups. So if you need any, holler at your boy. I will say there was uh, several complaints in the bathroom about the hot water, which I'm usually for. I didn't mind it so much, actually, but uh, people were just surprised that there was the water was so hot on such a day. It was like it was adding insult to injury, but thankfully I had just enough of my sense left to not try to lead an insurrection of the boiler room at the stadium. Have you uh, have you placed the city flag on your car window yet? I have not. In fact, I'm debating whether I need to wash it because mysteriously it was soaking wet after the game, but I have no clue what it was. <laughs> I have there. my suspicions. <laughs> the uh, the Tomas Ostrak poster got a little bit ruined on the on the way home between oh, I'm sorry, buddy. sweat and uh, cooling towel condensation. Cooling towels, not a sponsor. I think we should give a shout out. We should give a shout out to Elaine for her clear pack. You know that thus getting into the stadium that was. Full to the brim of cooling towels. Yes, they were very helpful. Almost goal of the match against Austin. L Tree, T-R-E-E, which I find clever. That is clever. I kind of like their their crest, but I like trees, so. I think they their uniforms look good. I know that, that some people weren't so into the Key Lime away kits they had. I thought they were all right, and I like their home kits. And um, I kind of like the Yeti sponsor much more interesting than the majority of sponsors that are all like various health systems in different cities of the United States. However, Purina Puppy Chow is ours and that's a decent one too. It is. Uh, But as I was saying, almost goal of the match contender from Edu Leuven with that crazy strike from distance clanging off the crossbar as if he were in the all-star skills competition. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was kind of fun. And Berkey was in that competition, and I really thought he might get it, but he was trying to kick a ball from the halfway point to the crossbar, which is quite hard to do. Uh, League's Cup has now concluded. What a ride. Am I right? Yeah, I, we talked about the previous rounds on a on a pod, and but we hadn't talked about the final yet. That was... I mean, one in a long line of insane games to watch. I would call the League's Cup a success overall. I found it incredibly entertaining. U.S. teams came out the winners, as was not predicted, but influenced by the setup of the the entire tournament, I think. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. I believe Nashville, was it Nashville? They hosted the final. I think they played every single game at home. Do you know anything about that? That just seems, I mean, they're good. I like watching that team. They're fun. They're a fun team and they are talented, but that seems like a little much. I believe it was based on last season's rankings. So if they never played anyone higher ranked than them or if from the MLS, at least then yeah, all of their games would have been at home. Yeah. So Mexico city 
which provided multiple teams in the competition, zero home games. Nashville, Tennessee, seven home games. We'll have to see if that is something that is, you know, going to be changing in the future, how they determine the allotments and the the home games and the the brackets and all that. Uh, but I will say I the, basically every game that I watched was enjoyable. Most of those games did involve Messi, though. Yeah, I watched a lot of Messi. He's really fun to watch. Uh, he is the best player who's ever played soccer, I believe. How about the... So the final itself, there were a lot of twists and turns. The first half, I think Nashville had the better of it. However, Messi, did, who didn't even have that much space, but did, did have some space, scored from outside the box. And it was it was just amazing to see. They went up 1-0... It's it, it lasted for a little while and maybe they seemed comfortable. I don't know, but Nashville had some chances. Mukhtar had at least one, maybe two. Played well, had some good chances too. And then there was that own goal scramble. Was it in the early second half? I don't. I'll have to look at what, what minute it was. But I believe uh, it was. Um, it was bundled by Fafa Pico and became was a, ended up being a Drake Calendar own goal that that equalized it one one. And then after that, I think Nashville kind of dominated, couldn't score. And then right at the end of the game, Leonardo Campana of Miami has actually, you know, kind of a difficult chance. Let's be fair to him. But the way he missed was really humorous. He And I think several people on our Discord were amused simultaneously when he uh, got in close he tried to it was one on one with the keeper he tried to chip the keeper the ball was bouncing so slowly the keeper was came out to meet him there was a defender Shaq Moore trailing back who collided who like tripped over the goalkeeper so both of them are totally out of the play on the ground but the ball <laughs> doesn't go into the goal instead it kind of lightly taps off of the post and at that point Campana who has run from one side of the box to the other since his shot tries to hook it back in but the angle is too acute and he just is also down on the floor having having missed twice and all three players are on the ground it was humorous and also just kind of devastating and brutal at the same time but hilarious a lot of emotions in the league's cup. I'll give it that. Yeah, it was quite emotional. And then they do a penalty shootout that makes you forget about everything that happened before. And what a penalty shootout it was. A real barn burner. <laughs> it got to it got all the way to both goalies. Although I should say helmet, which is what we're affectionately calling the backup Tennessee keeper. Mustache is the primary keeper, but this was a helmet game. He saved the fifth penalty and it was a very clutch save and then went on to save no further penalties and also missed the deciding penalty. It seems like it would be hard after you've, you know, thrown your body repeatedly one direction and then the other at a certain point, I think exhaustion just sets in. You're not supposed to be diving that rapidly that, and the, I think it takes its toll. If you look at the, was it Minnesota? What was the game that went to like 18 rounds of penalties? After the fifth one, they scored every goal until someone missed. There were no more saves. And I think that's just 
kind of almost what has to happen. That's a great point you make, Patrick. Have you ever tried jumping on the ground 10 times and then doing anything? I tell you what, I went to a trampoline park once as a young adult, and I was done after about 45 seconds. (laughs) In reasonable shape, and I'm like, I'm out of here. This is terrible. I don't want no part of it. We should be kind to Helmet, but it was quite the exciting shootout. Miami, of course, won. They've subsequently, last night, won the semifinal in the U.S. Open Cup, also on penalties. Did you watch that game? I did watch that game, yes. I'm glad you said that because I asked you not knowing and I did not watch the game. What was it like? I mean, it was a real, real wild one, too. It really felt like Miami snuck one up. I mean, it's just like, how do you, how are you in the 98th minute tying the game? It's just, it's out of control. And then give it, then at the, obviously at that point, Miami has the momentum and then they give up the goal in extra time. Cincinnati is able, able to recover, score to tie again. It was uh, a very exciting game, another very exciting game. Penalty shootout, not nearly as exciting as the League's Cup final. But then again, this is just a semi, so we'll see what happens next round. It does seem pretty lucky as well that they can win three, right? They won two penalty shootouts in a row in the League's Cup, semifinal and the final. Maybe I mix it up, but they won two penalty shootouts in the League's Cup. Then they won one in the U S open cup. They've won two in a row in big games. Like I know there's a lot of skill involved. It's not all luck, but that's kind of, kind of wild to me that they, they can't just keep winning all these penalties. I mean, they'll probably won't be anymore, but they're in the final against Houston. Yeah. In Houston in a month, they play that. So I don't, so Messi has been amazing. That team has been good. They're fun to watch, but I think there's an element of, of luck. They still might win both tournaments. I mean, they did win the League's Cup. They might win the Open Cup. Patrick, do you think they can do much in the league? They are in dead last in the Eastern Conference. I mean, they basically have to... I think, what, they have... I want to say 12 games left. I think they have to win at least eight or nine of those games. And, I mean, is it possible? Yeah. It might be. It might be possible. (laughs) I didn't think it would be. Uh, I'm interested to see. We still haven't seen a proper MLS game with Messi in it. I think they're going to win a lot of games, uh, but I, I I don't know. It's it is it is difficult to say. It's tight. There are 12 games, which is a lot, but not a ton. I mean, they've al- <laughs> they've already played most of the season. I don't think they can do it. Um, but then again, it's the math. It's like we're so close to math time where we're, we're a little too far out for number crunching, but I think we're close to it. And I think they, that might be asking a little too much of them to win eight or nine out of 12. I, it's a lot to ask. In any other team, I would have 100% said no. But having seen what I've seen in the League's Cup and now the Open Cup, although you made a good point, several of these wins are actually draws. And if you draw these games, you don't make the playoffs in the MLS. You know who I think will definitely... I mean, it's not going out on a limb, but I think we're definitely making the playoffs. I think after the first five games, I said we were probably going to make the playoffs. Now, (laughs) even more confident. Uh, I think we might host a home playoff game. 
Wouldn't that be exciting? It'll be fun. I, how much are they going to sell those tickets for, Patrick? That is a worry for another day, Drew. But let's go ahead and... Uh, oh, other tournaments. Drew, did you have any comments on the Women's World Cup? Yeah, that I I really enjoyed the Women's World Cup. And honestly, I would have watched a lot more of it except for the brutal time difference that is in the land down under. I did wake up at... 4.50 in the morning to watch the final. It was not an amazing final, but it was a good final. It was fun to watch. Spain versus England. In the first half, Spain took the lead. Really nice dragged shot from, you know, diagonally across the box from the left back, Olga Carmona. That ended up being the winner. There was a penalty also for Spain in the second half uh, off of, you know, one of those handballs that, we debate forever and I'd probably eventually say, yeah, fair enough. It's a handball, but I just hate the rules. Uh, I don't think it's a, I don't believe in moral handballs. Anyway, it was one of those uh, penalties that was, was kind of tame saved by the English keeper triumphantly. It really brought back some momentum to the game. I thought England might come back after that. Uh, I yelled at the top of my lungs at the TV ball. Don't lie. If you recall, Rashid Wallace, formerly of the Portland Trail Blazers, once said that when he believed he didn't foul someone and then they missed a free throw. So that's what I. That's equivalent to the situation where a penalty you don't believe should have been awarded is, and then the player misses the subsequent penalty. And then, unfortunately, England just couldn't really do much, and it ended 1-0. Uh, there's been a little bit of fallout, and actually uh, the result is pleasing despite the the act being kind of heinous of the president of the Spanish Soccer Federation, Luis Rubiales, really made the celebrations all about him when he forcibly kissed the player Jenny Hermoso on the lips like at the celebration. Basically, this triumph of uh, women's sports, you know, that has sold out all these stadiums and brought so much viewership is really all about me, a sexist man, and he, there's also footage has emerged of him at some point in the game standing like right next to the Roy, the Spanish royal family grabbing his crotch. So that was kind of disgusting, and it seems like he might resign, which which is is pleasing. But in any case, that that was I don't want that. That's not the story. I don't I I don't know why I talked about it. Although it's it's in the headlines, but the the World Cup was a lot of fun, and um, I I think I'm going to do better about watching the NWSL this year. I have watched some of the WSL, the, the Women's Super League in England, but I I would I'll try to to see a little women's soccer in in the U.S. again. We've I guess we sort of briefly talked about it before. Having a women's St. Louis City team would be fantastic. I might consider going to every single game of theirs as well. Were there such a thing? Perhaps we will someday. Uh, my impression is not for a few years, but I think it's certainly something they would consider. I watched very little of the Women's World Cup due to the time differences, but I did recently buy a pair of Becky Sauerbrunn's Adidas shoes. Oh, really? I want to see those. Yeah, they're fun. So what do, what do they St. Look Louis' like? own. They're uh, several different colors, mostly black, some kind of peachish and green on them. They're the same sole as the St. Louis City Adidas as well, which was a, a big draw for me. I find those shoes very comfortable. Patrick, are you a, a sneakerman? I'm not. I'm not. I just like comfortable shoes. 
Becky Sauerbrunn's awesome. Unfortunately, she was injured and not playing it for the was U.S. A real bummer, real bummer. And we got to see her at the uh, that warm up game in uh, City Park. Yeah, that was cool. We saw the U.S. against Ireland. It was a friendly. The game itself kind of dull, but seeing Becky Sauerbrunn presented it uh, at the beginning was was a joy. Indeed. Well, Drew, uh, I have very little knowledge of Orlando City, except I think they're better than I give them credit for. Do you have anything to add beyond that? Uh, I think they played a tough game against Messi's Inter-Miami in the League's Cup. However, you know, they were outclassed by aforementioned Lionel Messi, the, the greatest player ever, and his galloping left-wing sidekick, Robert Taylor, who is from the country of Finland and apparently has is now like you know now he is he had attracted virtually no attention from anyone it seems prior to this and now he's on fire so anyway uh I just made it about Messi again Orlando they looked okay but they were they were soundly defeated in the one game of theirs I've seen so I don't really know very much about them I'm sorry that's a long way of saying I don't know uh they sit in sixth in the supporters shield standings sitting at 40 points along with Philadelphia and LAFC. So they must be doing something fairly right. Um, not, you know, five, three and four at home. So, you know, they're not a, a super dominant, they're super dominant home, home team. They're no Cincinnati. I can tell you judging from the MLS player salaries, which I have cross-referenced to the MLS player availability report, take that with a grain of salt, that their $1.8 million striker, uh, Erjan Kara, will possibly be playing, does not seem to be injured. I'm more interested in our, however, expensive striker who may be playing this weekend. The return of Joao Klaus is on the horizon. No way. It's been foreshadowed. I've heard, uh, I believe it was Tom Timmerman tweeted out that he is likely to make an appearance this Saturday against Orlando City, and I am psyched for it. Wow. Wow. I don't know where I'm going to be watching the game, but when he comes on, I will be standing up, and I'll probably be tearfully saluting him. Ugh. I tell you what, leading up to the Austin game, I watched our first Austin game, and it was just so, like, He's been out for so long, you kind of forget. You kind of forget. You get used to the things you have, and I'm just excited to see what he can do again. It feels like a lifetime ago. Uh, But you know who has been red hot lately, scored two amazing goals, and is formerly an Orlando City player. You know we like our players going against the teams that cast them aside. Nico Giochini. That man is on fire. I also... I did want to shout out his selflessness when he had a very reasonable <laughs> shot at a third goal and he laid it off to a dinner. They just don't want to score the hat trick that I've been predicting all season. Well, had a dinner and converted, I think that we, we would have ended up with an a dinner and hat trick. Possibly. All things continuing outward. You know, what I really liked about his first goal from, from Leuven is that it's one of those, you know, there's some instinctive finishes where people just 
pull something out of nowhere and it's amazing. But that was one where he really had time to think about what he wanted to do. There was a defender in his way and he placed it perfectly around the defender and the goalie. And it was so satisfying how it kind of scraped in the back edge of the post to inevitably rebound in. I loved that goal. I think he scored some really great goals. He scored a lot of goals, but he scored some really great goals. And that was that was at the top. That was a lovely goal. So I'm excited to see him turn it on here at down the home stretch against his old team, Orlando City. Should be uh, hoping it's a good one here for us. Do you think uh, you'll see some Nookvi or some Joachim Nilsson? I expect to see both those. Yeah, maybe we'll get a half from Nilsson. That would be good. Nook V, I don't know what, you know, especially if we're looking to bring in Klaus towards the end, hopefully, you know, 10, 15 minutes of Klaus. I don't know where Nook V falls in on that. You know, if you're also trying to have presumably Nico and Sam playing since they both scored two goals in the last game. It's hard to not play both those guys. If you listen to some of our old podcasts, like when we were playing those Chicago games, talking about how... We have no depth and there's no one who can score on this team. It, uh, yeah, I, th- I feel like we maybe went a little bit overboard, All the, and, but also we didn't know that we had such a stacked roster and now we have guys that are healthy and we have new guys too. I mean, Nilsson is basically a new guy. Lutz has always told us we're a team that's planning for the future. It just turns out the future was about a month ahead of when we were freaking out. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. I mean, I'm always feeling pretty good, but... This was a fun game. This was a, fu- a fun week. So uh, score predictions for our game against Orlando. Well, last week I predicted 5-1, which is kind of my has been my standby since the Cincinnati game when I really think we're going to win. And it seems ridiculous. And then the scoreline of the actual game was way more ridiculous. But I think I'm going to temper it a little bit because, yeah, Orlando did look okay the last time I saw him. I'm going to go 4-2 St. Louis City. All right, that leaves me. I'm going to split the, I'm going to take the four from you and the one from Chris. I'm going to go four one. I'm excited. I think we're, I think our offense is clicking. I think our defense doesn't want to let out three goals again, but I think they'll probably give up one. Do you prefer a four one game or a three nil win? I would probably prefer, all things considered, I would take a two o over a four one. Whoa, there's some clean sheet lovers in this podcast. Well, I mean, you don't like your dirty sheets. I like a happy Roman Berkey. I like a Tim Parker. Yeah, we like we like triumphant Romans. That's right. So a win and a clean sheet, I would like, but I'm gonna say I'm gonna say I guess four one. We'll good. see. I'm excited though. It's good to be back having our having our boys on the on the pitch. It's good to be back. Well, all right. I guess that'll do it for our two and a half men edition of st louis city press have a good day at work chris this one's for you all right talk to you later later Pat.